All right, we're live. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. This is a recovery podcast where we speak about all things recovery, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, mental health. We have various guests to come on and talk about their recovery, um, their lives, and then the recovery. Today, our special guest is Ara Bedellian. Hey, guys. Welcome to the corner, Ara. Thank you for having me, Pesh. Thank you, for, thank you for being here. Yes. Ara has been in my life for a number of years now, uh, sober for a number of years. Um, usually, we, we delve into your past. We'd like to know where you, where you were born, how you were raised, where you were raised, um, your lifestyle, your family style, all that. And then we'll get into the other stuff too, as far as alcohol addiction. And then we get into the recovery portion. So who is our medallion? Well, I am uh, from originally Indiana. I was born there, um, but uh, I moved to California before I was uh, a year old. So I've been, I've been, uh, you know, Orange County based for a long time. Um, my family was, uh, you know, pretty well to do, had everything provided for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any of my needs not met growing up. Uh, had a little brother, um, two years apart, uh, mom and dad, you know, educated professionals, uh, working as professors at university. And, uh, and yeah, um, you know, that's, that's basically a good, picture of it. I mean, no, no drama, no craziness, no, uh, no, I guess, uh, problematic family members. In fact, my extended family just really doesn't have any, um, issues related to, uh, addiction or, or alcoholism. alcoholism. Yeah. So when you say they were professors, I mean, obviously they're musicians. Yes. So they were teaching music mm-hmm. in a, in a renowned school. Yes. Very prominent. A lot of people go to this particular school in Orange County. Yes. Now, you yourself growing did you have any siblings yeah i, I had a little brother okay um you them being musicians you grew up in a music musical home mm-hmm. so did you become a musician too i played violin for uh 12 years starting um, at what age uh must have been i don't know it was uh age of i don't know seven eight or something like that it was put into my hands it was introduced to me mm-hmm. um and uh, I, I was told I had a talent for it. Um, I got into OSHA, the Orange County High School of the Arts, for my sight reading ability. I know um, OSHA, but I absolutely, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. Um, I hated the uh, having to slow down, perfect every single note, different techniques. I ran through five different violin teachers, each one trying to get me to go about it a certain way. Uh, I tried exploring other avenues. I tried exploring uh, guitar, um, bass guitar, saxophone, uh, piano. I played piano for an entire year. Mm-hmm. I, was, I remember distinctly. I was, I was in a toy aisle, and I really wanted this one toy. And you know, my mom says, "Okay, well, you're going to earn it." And then so she placed it on the uh, the piano stand with the music. And then she's like, "All right, here are the point system. Just get to it." And then after. I forget, I'm pretty sure it was either close to a year or a year or something like that. I had played the piano and uh, the second I hit the last note on the last sheet of music, I just got off the bench, got the toy and walked away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're not interested in this? And I'm like, no, I'm, I just wanted the toy. I'm out of here. Do you think they were really hopeful of you becoming a, a musician? They they definitely still bring it up. Uh, they were hopeful. Um, always uh, not too late. I mean, you're still a musician. You played violin for 12 years. It's not like you forgot. I can pick it up and play like 
you know, muscle memory still lives on. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I haven't tried in a long time. I couldn't tell you, but yeah, like they're, they're the notes, um, have stuck with me. I just, I just haven't picked it up. Okay. And then your brother is younger than you. Did he become a musician at all? Or did he play any music? No, my, my brother's actually, uh, he's a filmmaker now. Um, and, uh, he's, he's involved in that world. Got very, uh, involved in that. So nice. So, um, <clears throat> as far as like your young life and high school life, when you, when you went to high school, um, did you start experimenting with alcohol or drugs at a very young age? No, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't really get into it until probably my later years, mm. uh, in, in high school. I mean, and it wasn't even that much. It was like every now and then like on a blue moon, it would just, you know, there'd be a party or something and I'd go to it and then I'd, I'd do it, but I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I mean, I had a, I had a great time when I did do it. Mm -hmm. One, that's one thing that, that did stick out to me is that I seemed to enjoy it a lot more than, than the people that were around me. Um, How so? Well, when I, when I would drink, it would definitely like, it made me become something that I, I didn't think I was when I wasn't drinking. And mm -hmm. some people say, oh yeah, you can say that about like drinking in general, people get drunk, people, people say and do things that they're not usually capable of, or would have a filter on. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I think that that euphoria that I hit when I took those, uh, those drinks, um, that was something where my, my, my mind had a began its little hints of an obsession about who it is that I became. Um, and, you know, whenever that was done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it was kind of a precursor. Again, I didn't abuse it. I wasn't like, doing it every single day. So, you know, some people say, Oh, I, I did that one time. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have to do that every single day for like the rest of my life. But that wasn't it for me. I had, I had a first, you know, first time I was like, it's great. It's fun. It's really cool. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to start prioritizing this over other things in my life right now. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> and how old was that? Like when you first got into that was it? probably like, I don't know, 17, 18. It's kind of like later on. A lot yeah, of people yeah. start super early. A lot of people, like during high school years, sophomore year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Sounds like okay. So then, um, drugs. Was there any drugs around? Weed. Nothing. Like yeah, we 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 do that. Like uh, um, hallucinogens. On occasion, no, no hallucinogens. Not interested. I just you know I wasn't really hanging in with the hallucinogenic crowd. I guess I don't know. It was. Were you studious? Were you good in school? I was, I was bored at school. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't like, I guess you could say I wasn't like the most on point with like performance academically because I just, I was distracted by other things. These things didn't really interest me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, I was fine. Um, I was, you know, I went through, uh, high school and it was, it was great. I didn't like graduate with honors or like, you know, it was a valedictorian or anything, but like, I don't know. My interest was just never really, in the uh you know in in what i was learning mm -hmm. um i had i had fascinations beyond that i did excel in uh you know i got a computer science uh recognition at high school um i started working with photoshop when i was like you know 2000 and, yeah it must have been like 2006 and i really really enjoyed you know imagery being able to manipulate it i remember one time i tried to photoshop my head on a you know on a guy on a picture driving a lamborghini and I showed it to my friend in high school to try and pass it off as like, as if it were me. 
And he's like, that's, that's not you. You know, that's not you. He, he put it in some like weird, like online, like photo renderer. And just, it was blatantly obvious that I posted my face on there, but I'm like, you know what? Like I just, I tried, I wanted to see if I could pull them and, uh, and I couldn't, but yeah, but that's, that's one area where like, I really did excel. It was like, I was, I was super, super into digital imagery. Okay. And then finished high school on time. Yep. Ended up going to, to university college. Yeah. Went up North in San Francisco, uh, and, uh, I pursued my, um, graphic design and actually, no, I started off in, uh, in industrial design. I really wanted to be a car designer. Um, that was a really, really, uh, tough major. Um, not a, a very low success rate because people don't really understand all that goes into it and how tedious it is. Um, and so I went into graphic design instead. Um, and, uh, and then it was during this college time where like, and I'll backtrack a little bit because this is kind of like what I'm talking about, right. Is like my struggle with like Adderall mm -hmm. and, 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 and this is like something where I'll backpedal a little bit where I was in, I was a younger kid and, and I was not interested. It was hard for me to retain, uh, not retain, but maintain, uh, attention. And so I was taken to um, certain like therapists. Who How old? I don't know. Must have been when I was like in grade school or okay, something. Okay, so at a very young age. Very young age. Yes. And their their uh, solution to that was to um, put me on Ritalin. Okay. Ritalin made me very angry. It was the only time that I ever was like, I guess, really acting out as a kid, like noticeably different. Like I turned into the Hulk. It was gave me this adverse effect where I was like just so it wasn't serving its purpose. No, it was, I was a rage ball. And, uh, and so, then, so just to be clear, when children are prescribed Ritalin, it's because of attention deficit disorder. It's yes. it's to be able to uh, have them more focused and calm them down. Yes, because they may act a certain way or act out. When adults take Ritalin, oh, I'm sorry, uh, not just Ritalin. Yeah, but Adderall, things like that, um, stimulants. Mm -hmm. um, it's for them to be more focused, obviously, uh, more attentive, more focused on whatever they're doing in their lives so that they're not always scattered, correct? Correct. Okay. So this had a totally adverse effect com com comparison to what other kids are supposed to be taking Ritalin for, which yes. I was really never a fan of kids being on Ritalin in the first place. No. I've actually worked in a lot of treatment settings. And asked a lot of kids that were in treatment, were you ever on Ritalin when you were a kid? And a lot of them will raise their hands and say yes. And I think to myself, did a dependency possibly start at a very young age for these individuals that they ended up going and seeking other types of drugs throughout their lives, which ended up uh, like in their young adult ended them up in, in treatment. So go on. Yeah. So, and that's the point. It's supposed to have a certain kind of effect. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't on me. And they stopped the buck there. They were like, okay, we're just not going to try any more medication. Um, and uh, it wasn't until about midway through college that I had, uh, I was given this pill called Adderall. And I hadn't really ever heard of it or paid attention to it. At that uh, time, it was like the modern day Ritalin. Basically, yeah. And uh, like you described, these effects that are supposed to occur within someone who takes this drug, you're supposed to slow them down, get them to concentrate. Mm -hmm. I definitely got the focus part, but I sped, in college, yes, but I sped up. Right. I was. I was. Uh, it had this react. I had this um, reaction to where 
It felt amazing. It felt great. I wanted to smoke all the time. Smoke uh, cigarettes? Yes. And and uh, it just put me in this zone where you get hyper-organized. Um, you have, like, no appetite. You don't sleep. And you just focus on things that you just want to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, this endless pit of, like, energy. Uh, and, again, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is great. Um, this is uh, This is something that, like... I could maybe get because I remember I was diagnosed when I was a, um, a younger kid. Like I was, uh, you know, I was told I have like ADD. Uh, and so I'm like, I can get a prescription for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did just that. I got a, a prescription for Adderall and, um, that addiction that I began to form to it mm-hmm. because I was also drinking, but the Adderall is what, you know, permitted drinking all the time. I could take it and I wouldn't feel as, you know, out of it with uh, drinking, I was drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after college, it it like it followed me into my first career. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a career as a uh, you know I was a creative director for a for a company, a travel agency, and um, that was where you know taking it on a continual basis, drinking all the time, I was running short on my uh, prescription. Um, I was getting, I was doctor shopping. I had one doctor prescribing me 90 pills, another doctor prescribing me 30 pills. This is right. back. One was on insurance. One was not. Right. Uh, and this is back before, I guess the systems at the pharmacy had synced up super crazy like they are today. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so I was burning through 120 pills of 30 milligram instant release. Mm-hmm. And I was running short, uh, about, I was doing that through in two weeks. My heart was beating like a machine gun. I wasn't sleeping. When I would run out, I would have you fluctuating in weight. I was like, you know, in between 20 pounds or so, I would just not eat for like two weeks straight. And then all I would do was the crash. And personally, I loved the crash. People would tell me like they hated the crash in general. Because you just sleep all day. You eat. You like, you know, you just wake up periodically. You dream super hard. This was my experience. Um, And, uh, and so it was like something to look forward to. And, and, um, meanwhile, like my life was beginning to just sort of like, you know, tear apart. Um, like socially I was, I didn't care. I, uh, I was, you know, ruining friendships. I was getting in trouble with relationships. Um, and, uh, it was all because I had this weird obsession. What Adderall did to me was it stole my identity. It, it like, I, I became convinced that, I couldn't function at a certain level unless I had this drug inside of my system. It would get to the point where if I got up and I didn't have any pills left, I would just say, well, what's the point? You know? And when I took the pill, when I had been out for a long time, it felt like I was, you know, submerging or I was like coming up my head above water Mm -hmm. because I was like, Oh, colors are more vibrant. Now my brain's wired. Now it's activated. It's ready. And uh, with my, you know, my design career, I didn't think I could, I could do what I do, uh, without, it. and it, it was in reality, kind of the opposite. I was doing it, but it was like done where I would, you know, produce like a magazine and it would, the colors would be off. And I remember one time I like did a placeholder on a page with my number and I put a different area code and then I sent it off to this print job that were like, I don't know how many thousand copies were being made. It all had this wrong number on it. And 
but like, those are just the things that like, you just kind of graze over. Cause your mind is just so exhausted. You're up for like three, four days, mm. you know? And like, and that's all you do is you just, you, you go to work all day and you come home and you play video games until you start hearing birds chirping and then you do it all over again. And, uh, and it really just robbed me of like my self-esteem. It robbed me of my self-respect. It robbed me of everything because I was just, again, I was fixated on that feeling and that rush. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so when 20, were you drinking all the while? Yeah, I was drinking too, just to kind of level it out. You know, yeah. like if I had too much Adderall, I get kind of weird and awkward. And, um, I, I remember one time actually I saw a video of myself and I couldn't believe it, but my mouth was doing that the whole time. Right. I had no idea. This is just like the outside, like looking in and seeing that. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe, like, I was like, whatever. I didn't care though. I saw it once and I was like, I didn't, it didn't matter to me. Cause again, like, it's just that feeling. Mm -hmm. And so like, I need this to survive and I need this to be a functional human being, which is insanity. Like that's insanity. Um, so when my insurance ran out, um, uh, or when I was off my, my parents' insurance at the age of 26, cause I mean, at that point I wasn't really taking the best care of myself. Um, you know, I took my last you know, little bit of prescription that I had left. I had my doctor write me like three more prescriptions worth for three months worth. Yeah. And then, uh, and then that was it. Like things, my life kind of like took a pretty dark turn at that point. It already was like decently dark, right. but it's when like you're, you've run out of this like elixir of the gods that like, you know, you've, you've gotten so used to taking from and like using to like charge your life. That was called the nectar of the gods, but I like that. The elixir of the gods. I'm going to steal that from you. Do it. Steal it. I won't, I won't charge you. It. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah. So then what? Well, I, uh, I found out that just drinking, um, you know, just you can't be that productive when you're when you're drinking most of the time still chasing that feeling that you got wasn't quite the same my life began to get worse and worse um i uh i found myself um you know having to go to treatment um and uh i did that three times three treatments three treatment episodes where, you went to treatment three times yes okay. i went to treatment three times um and what, what I, age 27 no i'm sorry my first stint was in 2024 20, i believe or no 2025 20, and then the next one was 26 and then the one after that was 27. okay um and uh locally or far away locally I, i'm from orange county so the the mecca of recovery is just like in my backyard i guess yes um and each of those times i did it at the same place i had the same case managers, same therapist, same staff, well, mostly the same. Um, and, uh, and the only thing that changed inside of me was that I had exhausted all other options. And, um, and, you know, I did a, I got into a program of recovery. Um, I, you know, start learning to prioritize my life differently, focusing on the sole thing of, you know, staying and remaining in that active lifestyle of recovery, um, placing it first. And then eventually, um, seeing my way to you know instead of going like this going downhill things started to go uphill and dramatically so um you know it wasn't like any lateral movement it just kept going up and up and up and it was because i had exhausted all options in my life um and uh loss of support from your family no my family always did hang and hope it was close 
I think they were about ready to pull the plug on me. I can't speak for that 100%, right. but I just know that that was like, they were just exhausted. Um, but, uh, but I found my way into, into a new opportunity, um, utilizing this community of recovery that we have. When you entered rehab those three times, was it because you had Adderall addiction and alcoholism? Yes. The first time was Adderall and alcohol. Second time was. And you knew each time my life is messed up, I got to go to rehab? Yes. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. The first time that was on the mom card. She okay. begged me. What? Um, second time I was kind of in a corner, and then I, but I wasn't in complete defeat. And then the third time was when I was. Totally. The second time, what happened that you feel like you were kind of in a corner of what, what was the life event, a crisis? No, I just kind of like admitted, like, I can't do this anymore. Like I was, I was in a point where like, I was desperate and I'm like, this is, uh, you know, I, I tried to climb, uh, this, you know, mountain that is life. That's the way I saw it at the time. You couldn't live it. And I just couldn't. And, um, you know, I had to, I had to get things in order and i was like maybe maybe there is something to this after all but i got distracted um when i was doing that the second time i didn't i didn't keep recovery as my priority and thus i mean you know if we're uh if we're prone to this kind of disease that we have then chances are if there's nothing to remedy that that then you're going to be left with uh going right back where you started got it so then the third time th third looks a charm I guess so. You we'll went see. in. How long did you stay? I stayed for almost a year. Uh, in in the actual facility, I stayed for about four months, and then I stayed another like roughly six, seven months as in a sober living. And I was still kind of popping into the treatment center every now and then. But I just kind of I I was like, okay, like I'm 27. If I don't act now or do something about this, you know, things are going to get a lot worse. And so you had enough sense at that time as a 27 year old to want to change your life because you knew that if you didn't, you'd just be going in that cycle. Exactly. You know, I'd seen enough. And that's not to say that like anybody who doesn't get it at 27 is sick. Like, wow. Like that's really messed up. But that's just when I, that's when it hit me. I'm realizing like I have all these friends who are going off and being successful and doing things and getting married, buying houses and all this other stuff. And me, what do I have to show for it? You know? Right. And so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's how it went. And, um, and the crazy thing is that, you know, I've been sober for about six years now, and I am now in a position where I'm doing exactly, almost exactly, if not more than what I was, you know, doing when I was a design, I'm a, you know, I build websites now, I design, and this is stuff that I thought I was convinced that I needed Adderall to take and, and to do. Um, and not only am I doing it, Right. But I'm doing it way better than I, you know, than what I was doing last time. It's amazing when you're in a certain addiction, you have a thought process that you, we will convince ourselves that it has to be one way and it can't be any other way. Can't leave. We can't see life any other way. I remember thinking the same thing for a long time when I was going to the art Institute, I thought, well, I don't, I don't want to go here because I'm not sober and I will not, I'll probably mess this up. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to be going here, which I did end up going, I need to be on a lot of speed in order for me to t achieve, which I then tanked everything and ruined it all. Yeah. Um, so, and that, now I, I know when I got sober, I thought if I was in that school, I bet I would do just fine. No. Yeah. That's, 
that's the truth. Um, and, uh, you know, it's crazy. Like there's a guy who I did, uh, I watched this documentary and it's about a guy, I, I'm, this is good. I'm going to butcher this because like, I haven't seen it in such a long time. I forgot what the guy's name was. He was, I think he was a, a psychologist or a doctor or a scientist or something like probably neurobiology or something, but he studied the human brain um, for a long time. He dedicated like 10 years of his life to like this research of what makes, um, you know, people who struggle with substance abuse disorder the way that they are. And something that stuck with me when I heard, when I, you know, when I was watching, it's very boring. It looks like a Jeep commercial. Mm -hmm. um, but he says like blind people can't sense light correctly deaf people can't sense sound correctly. People who struggle with addiction cannot sense pleasure correctly because like this, this uh, dopamine release, I guess, area in the head is like, you know, it's like a, it's like Niagara Falls where regular people don't get that same effect. That's why, and that, that kind of made a little sense to me. I'm like, you know, people who describe the, the, the experience they have when they, when they take that first drink or whatever, like, and then when someone who doesn't have struggle with alcohol or addiction or whatever, and they describe their experience with it, like when people, someone says, I have arrived, this is amazing. This is the most amazing feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. Like, I'm like, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't put that as like the sole reason for behind everything, no. but it is definitely interesting how, um, you know, having, seeing my experiences and, and, and hearing about others, um, you know, it just, it does, it just does kind of make sense. If someone, that's why you can take someone who's been sober for like 20 years and then they decide to go back out and then they, uh, they have another drink. They're like, you know what? I've been, I have a lot of this knowledge about my condition and I know I'll be better this next time. Um, but for some reason beyond their control, they take something and they can't help themselves. You know? Why do you think that is from your experience when you see somebody with that amount of time go back out, what are they lacking in the recovery process? I don't know. I think it's all, it's all personal. I think that, um, they obviously stopped prioritizing what they need to be prioritizing to keep it, you know, fresh. I mean, this kind of, this disease that people suffer from, um, you know, it, it is like, it's something that requires a constant check of like, you know, where it's at and people who do that oftentimes they always say like, you know, someone who decides to go out has like made the decision months prior sometimes. And then they decide to just act on it. So, yeah. So, so as far as you say, you have six years now? Yes. For a guy that's got six years, what does your recovery look like as far as what do you do to maintain your sobriety and, and enjoy being sober? Well, to me, you know, to tie it back to like the instrument or the, the music thing, um, it, it takes a lot of time, effort, and practice just like a new language, just like uh, a new instrument. Right. It, it takes time to master and you have to keep it priority. So for me, I have to continually, you know, attend to my recovery right. program. I have to make sure my, my responsibilities and my duties are kept there. Um, doing what I can do to help the, uh, the person who is new. Um, that's what a lot of that revolves around is like, you know, being there to, to go out of your way to, to make sure someone else is okay. Um, and, uh, and that's what I do on a weekly basis. I have, I have that surrounding me as like one of the biggest points of my life, if not the biggest. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have learned to be happy. I have learned to be confident. I've learned to be, um, you know, I'm not perfect at it. I mean, far from it sometimes, 
but um, I've learned to live again. You know, it's crazy. Like, I think I spent six, no, seven years of my life in problematic usage. And, you know, I just turned, you know, six, not too long ago. And I was like, oh, they, people say, how do they feel? And I say, well, the same time, wait, same way it did like, you know, year five. Um, but what did hit me was that I was like, if I, if I do this one more year, I will have been clean the, in the same exact time that I had been problematic using. And that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, and so it just becomes like, you know, your new way of life. Yeah. And you have a community of friends that are in sobriety. Did you, how did you build that community? Like what, what, a, did you find a bunch of sober people that you really got down with and yeah, they like sobriety the way that you like sobriety? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's about finding your crowd, finding that those people that are, you know, you know, do well and you know, have it going on mm-hmm. and uh, you be, you quickly learn to make them your world in your life um, and catch on to what it is that they've caught on to. Uh, you know, you can't stray too far away, especially when you're first getting it. You cannot, you know, veering away from that, um, still continuing to be involved in uh, uh, old things and places mm-hmm. doesn't serve, um, you know, and so especially in early on uh, sobriety, I was always taught to make um, the first question in my head, does this help or does this take away from my sobriety? And so that's kind of what I used as my compass to wherever I would navigate. And so, yeah, I found, I found a group that, that did that effectively um, that I clicked with and, uh, and it definitely made the process that much easier. And then what about service work in recovery? What, tell me what, how that looks for you. As far as being of service to people, um, you go to, you know, panels, you know, I've done panels. I do, uh, I go out and I, you know, if I'm asked to do a commitment somewhere, I do that. Um, if someone's struggling and, uh, you know, actively drinking, um, and needs help, you go out and you, you help them when you're asked, uh, stuff like that. That's, that's what the service work is. And of course, you know, attending the, the program of recovery itself as well. And then do you meet people too that have had um, that are new in recovery that have had Adderall or, or alcoholism that you can relate with and you talk to them and how do you talk to them? What do you tell them? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I just tell them my experience with it and yeah. it is very eye opening. Um, I didn't have someone talk to me about it who struggled with my exact, I mean, at least they didn't identify the problem with Adderall. Like I felt it, right. you know, and I'm sure there are tons of people who did, I just didn't ask. Um, but I have spoken to certain people um, that are new. And when I say and describe my my experience with it and what I'm doing today, mm-hmm. you know, that curtain of like, of like, you know, that illusion that they are under kind of like, there's a, you can kind of see it. There's a snap of like, wait a minute. I think he's probably, you know, full of it, but, um, but there's a chance maybe he's not because yeah. that's how I would have felt. Yeah. A hundred percent. I went, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like that that amount of denial and disbelief, you're you are submerged. It's crazy. Right. Well, well, it's good. I'm so happy that you overcame these um, addictions, if you will, um, and got sober at a young age. I often see people get sober in their mid twenties, and I try to compare myself to when I was in that age bracket. It was like there was ideas. There was thoughts, there was experiences, there was things that were happening to me 
but I kept fighting it because I thought, now I got this, I got this. Like sobriety was the last thing that was on my mind, at least complete abstinence, mm -hmm. complete sobriety. I hadn't yet created enough problems for myself. Well, the problems were starting to accumulate later into my late 20s, but I didn't think that I need to get help. Rehab was definitely not like in my, I didn't even really know about rehab. I didn't know anything about it. Um, so to see you do it at such a young age is, is admirable. I mean, it's really awesome. And then to stay sober and just, and to keep um, doing this thing. And I, I watch you, I've known you. I see you help a lot of people. Um, you're very instrumental in other people's recovery. And um, I feel like you're here to stay. And I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, I appreciate it, Patrick. I can, I can say the same about you. You're a good man. I do believe there's a lot of things that you could do a lot more of in your life as far as professionally. That's why I always push you and tell you you should try this or try that or why not do this and that because I believe in you big time. I just know you're a brilliant young man and um, it's so good to see you happy in your life. I know you got a lot of good things going on in your life. And thank you for coming on Peggy's Recovery Corner. Well, thank you for having me, Peggy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.